The reading this morning is taken from 1 Peter, chapter 2. The living stone and a chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you who had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thank you, Jane. Um, Right, okay, so quick question. Hands up, uh, who is a member of a club? Any club? Come on, don't be shy. You don't have to tell me what it is, so don't worry. I wonder what it means to you to belong to a club. Is it maybe about the people that you're with that share a similar interest? Is it maybe about identity? Is it about being able to learn from other people or just the enjoyment of whatever it is that the club's for? Maybe it's to do with commitment or maybe it's to do with friendship or something else. Maybe for you, you're a bit of a free spirit and you don't really like to belong to something. Um, But I just want you to think for a minute, what, what does it mean to you to belong? So just with the person next to you or in front or behind, just one minute quickly, just... Share what it means to you to belong to something. You can have one minute. Okay, that that was your minute. It probably wasn't, but we'll call it a minute. We'll come back 
to that in just a minute, because the passage that we're looking at this morning is from fir- uh, the first one of two letters that Peter wrote. And he was well known to, to uh, many as being Jesus' outspoken disciple, um, but ultimately one of his closest. He was a bit bold, he was a bit brash, and he did stumble, and he, you know, we know that he denied Jesus um, you know, on the night that Jesus was arrested. But Peter's faith was actually restored, and Jesus reinstates him into, you know, really quite a a pinnacle uh, person in the early church. And in this letter, Peter's writing to uh, Christians that are scattered all across the northern part of Asia Minor. I didn't know where that was, so I had to look it up. And it's a geographical region located in the southwest part of Asia, comprising mainly of what we know as Turkey. So I didn't know that. And he's primarily writing to encourage uh, these early Christians to um, come together in times of trouble. But more importantly, and just for us to focus on this morning, he's urging his readers to live as they belong to Christ. So that was kind of why I was wondering what you thought about belonging at the, at just a minute ago. What does belonging to Christ then actually look like? Am I living as a person that belongs to Christ? Are you living out your life as though you belong? If belonging means being part of something, being committed, having a common identity, sharing an interest, following guidelines and being you know, together and having a way of being, or whatever it was that you discussed with your, with your neighbour... I wonder how those things apply when we think about belonging to Christ. If I belonged to a tennis club, which I don't, but if I did, it's likely that I'm a member of a tennis club because I really like playing tennis and I'm really interested in it and I'm excited to play. I want to play better. Uh, I want to be around other tennis players. There might even be a well-known tennis player that I'm you know, really inspired by or want to emulate. I doubt I'm going to belong to a tennis club if I've never picked up a racket and I'm not interested uh, in playing. But I am likely to tell my friends and family about the club if I enjoy being part of it and I enjoy being a member. So, if I belong to Christ, how do all these things apply? How do they come together? Do I love Jesus but want to love him more? Do I want to learn more about him? Am I excited about him? Do I tell my friends and family about him and I want others to know, I want others to come to church to experience what I experience? I don't know. Do do you do that? I don't know. I looked at the uh, definition of belong in the Cambridge Dictionary and it said it means to be in the right place or suitable place. So, if we change the word belong for being in the right place, what if I now ask the question, are you, am I, living in the right place with Christ? Does that help? Because living in the right place could also mean living and relating. And I think belonging to Christ, actually, there's something there about being in the right place and being in the right relationship. When we really belong to Christ and we really live that out, 
we're in the right place, we're in the right relationship with him. And I think that's what belonging to Christ really means. Peter starts that little passage that we had in chapter 2 with, as you come to him. And actually, that little phrase can be overlooked because it might be that you're a little bit familiar with that passage. You know, you're familiar with uh, Peter talking about living stones and Jesus as the cornerstone and God's chosen people. And it's a familiar passage for you, possibly. But I think those few words at the beginning, as you come to him, we kind of need to stop and just hold on to those. Um, because Peter tells us that as we come to him, the living stone, we can also be like living stones and we're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So it all starts and ends with Jesus as we come to him with an acceptable to God through him. So kind of without Jesus, we're really kind of like nothing we can't do anything in our own strength we need Jesus in everything and for everything and Peter's emphasizing this so as a community of God's people we need to come to Jesus and that's relationship isn't it that's our relationship with each other and with Christ and Peter's really spelling it out here for those early readers Um, and I just think it's amazing that he's using those words to those early Christians. And then we're here this morning and we're looking at the same words and we can have the same sort of challenge and encouragement. So if we're going to live in the right place with God and as though we belong to him in relationship, we need to draw near. Makes sense, doesn't it? The prayer day that we had, great way of coming together in prayer, whether that was in the building or uh, being at home or, or wherever you might have been praying, but feeling that we're coming together. Sunday mornings, another great way of getting together in worship. Home groups, another great way. You know, we have lots of different opportunities to do life together. And that's really, really important that we do come together. But we need to come to Jesus first above everything else. And we don't have to have it all sorted. We don't have to have life organized and perfect We don't have to meet any criteria to come to God. We can, fortunately, we can just come as we are. Jesus himself said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. I'm not going to, but I bet if I said, put your hand up if you've got something going on at the moment in your life. I bet a lot of people, if not everybody, would put their hand up. Many of us feel worn out. Many of us have had things going on that have been like heavy burdens. Many of us have got situations that we're concerned about. Things that lay heavy on our hearts. James 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. So Peter says, as we come near to God, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen and precious, We too can be called living stones. We can be living stones to help build the holy temple of God. And I like that too, because that helps us understand that the church isn't the building, it's the people. Again, if you're a member of a club, I don't know, whatever that might be, tennis, golf, whatever, I would imagine that you're not going to say that it's the clubhouse that makes the club. 
It's the members, isn't it? Obviously, it's the people that come together to do that particular activity. I don't think any club would survive or even exist if it wasn't for members. And I'm not sure that I can think of any clubs that have got a membership of one. So belonging to a club means actually belonging to each other and belonging to other like-minded members. And God doesn't dwell in a building of four walls to make his club, his church. The church is his people. So that's you and I, just as we are, warts and all. We can come together just as we are. Emma did a great job this morning, didn't she, of kind of just laying that uh, thought about the cornerstone. And a few weeks ago, she did a, um, an all-age talk and talked about the church not being the building. And she did a picture, if you remember, if you were here, of a building. And we all had a piece of paper and we drew our sort of little faces. And that was a demonstration of the church being the people and not the, not the building. So it's this whole kind of concept of belonging, belonging to Jesus, belonging to each other. I had the um, opportunity to go on a retreat day in the week and I spent the day at Glasshampton Monastery in Worcester and I was met by Brother Amos at the door uh, all in his long uh, brown frock. Um, but do you know what? It was, it was lovely because I, they invited me to join them for midday prayers, which I did do, uh, and you just get this sense of they belong to each other. They belong where they are. They're in the right place. Um, there's only a small number of Franciscan brothers there, but they live in community. They're clearly working for God. They pray together. They serve together. Um, that they're living out belonging to Christ in their, in their community. And granted, we're not all called to live in that kind of community. Um, but we are called to live in community where, where we are. And Peter says that we are being built, not we have been or we might be or, you know, hopefully, we are being built into this wonderful house of God. And Peter, again, is writing to um, Christians that some people say that this letter is around AD 64, so it's like so really, really old. But here we are looking at the fact that the good news from this is that we can work together, we can be works in progress together, we're being built together into God's kingdom with the expertise of the master builder and Jesus as the cornerstone. When I did a Google search on the word cornerstone, I was quite surprised to find quite a few different examples. But examples of, of cornerstones, so like the plural. So one example was the right to privacy, to information freedom, and to fair and proper trial are the cornerstones of a free and open society. Sea power is one of the cornerstones of our defense system. And there's kind of a whole load of those kind of examples and I, I thought that's quite interesting because that kind of gives the impression that within an organization there's a number of cornerstones and not one particular special one um, 
And so my naive understanding of construction, I might think, well, okay, so a building's got four corners, so that's four cornerstones, right? Kind of makes a bit of sense, but actually, no, because we know that the cornerstone in a building is the one that kind of sets everything out. And again, Emma kind of brought that out a bit more in her talk. So there's only one cornerstone for a firm foundation for a building. So when we go back to scripture, we understand now that actually when Jesus is referred to as the precious cornerstone, God has set him in place himself. Isaiah 28 verse 16 tells us that God lays a stone, a tested cornerstone for a sure foundation. Jesus isn't one of a few cornerstones because there's no other right choice. Jesus is the cornerstone, the living cornerstone. And then I thought, well, that's interesting as well because what does that mean, a living stone? Because you can't really get anything more unalive than a stone. So what does that mean? Well, I think Peter's trying to emphasize the personification of the cornerstone in Jesus because if Jesus is the son of the living God and he is the living son of the living God, then the reference to Jesus being the living stone kind of starts to make a little bit of sense. And the Reverend Dr. Christopher Smith commented on this. He said, here, justice is now embodied in a person, Jesus the Messiah. He is, in fact, the first block laid down, and we who are being built into a spiritual house need to take our bearings and find our placement from Jesus. Not in a physical sense, but in the sense of moral purpose. How can my life and actions fit in with what God has already started doing in the world through Jesus? So that's quite a big question, isn't it? How can my life and actions, how can your life and actions fit in with what God has already started doing through Jesus as the living cornerstone? Drawing near to him, yes, following his example, yes, being together in community, not going it alone, yes, doing life together, living out our desire to belong to Jesus. That means using our whole lives, not just Sundays, not just home group nights, not just when we've got a little bit of spare time, not just when we're feeling okay, it's our 24-7 life. So it's the warts and all, it's the everything. As we come to him, the living stone, Peter says, we too, as living stones, are part of that spiritual building. So Jesus sets the bar. He's the example. He's our template. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Our lives and our actions fit in with Jesus when we build our lives on his ways, on his truth, and on his life. So we come all the way back to the question at the beginning, are we living as people that belong to Christ? Or are we in the right place with Christ? Are we in relationship with him? What does that say about us also living out his ways and being joyful and enjoying the fact that we belong? You know, if, you, if you're in a, a club, uh, I'll use the tennis club analogy again, but if you're in a tennis club, um, it's going to be pretty miserable, isn't it, if you don't enjoy playing tennis? It's going to be, well, it's going to be no fun at all. 
you can almost argue what's the point of being there, really. And if you do love it, then you're going to share it, aren't you? And I think sometimes we, we forget that if we belong to Christ, that's something worth getting really excited about, being engaged and connected, taking our lead from him and just living out all his promises and his ways. I love the message translation of this bit. It says, Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out, but God set it in the place of honor. So present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you can serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. I really love that, being part of the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life. Jesus is what connects us to God. He's the one that can help us to find that joy, to find that enjoyment. And without him, we've got no way of being part of the construction of God's kingdom. As Jesus followers, we surely want to be demonstrating that we're Jesus followers. Maybe, actually, though, you're a bit unsure of what that really means. Or perhaps... You haven't even stepped out in faith to make a commitment. Or you have done, but you recognize that a bit like Peter, you've lost your way a little bit. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you just sense that you need a new vibrancy and you need to find that joy again. You need to realign yourself. Well, we can be encouraged because Peter's letter quotes scripture from Isaiah, that's true, from the Old Testament, and says that for people who don't believe, the stone causes them to stumble. But Peter stumbled, we know that. He stumbled big time, and yet Jesus received him still with open arms when Peter came to him. See, when we come to him, as we believe in him and trust in him, and take little steps, however small, he's ready to accept each one of us. So if you haven't made that step, you could think about it now. If you have made that step, think about taking another one, just a little one, to take you a bit nearer to Jesus. Jesus is our living stone. He's our living hope. He's the vital connection to abundant life with God through what he did on the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross for each one of us and rose again three days later. And now... We can come together in worship. We can demonstrate that we belong to him. We can praise him and worship him and know that at the table with Jesus, we can discover that we're in the right place, that this is where we belong, that this is where true relationship with God can exist. So we are going to come to the table now, but we're going to worship together before we do that. So we've responded in a way this morning by coming to the Lord's table. But how do we respond beyond this morning? God delights in our praises. He wants us to declare his love, our love for him. He wants us to proclaim his victory on the cross. He wants us to shout out in praise and thanksgiving of all that he's done. And for calling us, as Peter says, out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And so in turn, drawing others to him.
How do we take all of this into Monday morning and Tuesday and the rest of the week and beyond? It's amazing to be able to worship here this morning together and to feel that our praises and our worship have been acceptable to God. But God wants to know if we're going to be meeting up with him tomorrow. Will you and I be meeting with the living Jesus tomorrow as our new week starts? So that's our challenge. What do you do first in the morning? Do you reach for your phone? Do you grab a coffee? Do you put the television on or the radio? Check some work emails? Do you sue the child who's already demanding your attention? What does your morning routine look like? Does it feature coming to God and inviting him to strengthen you for the rest of the day? Psalm 5 verse 3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Can we find some time to come to God in prayer tomorrow and the next day and beyond that, even just for five minutes, two minutes? Maybe you already do that. Maybe you don't. Maybe the morning is just not the right time for you. Maybe a different time in the day works better. The point is, challenge yourself. How will you come to God tomorrow? We're all called to come to him and to offer our spiritual sacrifices. And that means ourselves. Romans 12 verse 1 says, we're to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Remember that's just as we are, warts and all. You know the end of the children's song, the okie-cokie? You put your whole self in, you put your whole self out. Which one is it? Which one's it going to be for us tomorrow? Can we put our whole selves in? Can we belong wholeheartedly to Jesus? Is it something that we need to change so that we can do that? Sacrifice means it's likely to cost you something. It might be time, it might be finances or habits that need to change. It might be finding that prayer time. It might be looking at that five minutes in the morning instead of looking at social media or the latest news feed. Hold back and come to Jesus first. If we're serious about being Jesus followers, belonging to him, being living stones like him, what needs to change? May God bless each one of us as we draw near because he will draw near to us. This letter of Peter in the Good News translation ends with these words. May peace be with all of you who belong to Christ. So now we're just going to have some time of worship and maybe this can be also a time of prayerful response.